Welcome to the podcast arm of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Peculiar People's Parish, based in Regina, Canada. Our mandate is pursuing His purpose, pronouncing His power, and proclaiming His praise. You can subscribe to our podcast channel today, so you never miss an episode of our podcasts. Be blessed by this teaching. The theme says salvation. I will be looking at eternal life, justification, and salvation, but this is the part one. And as the Lord helped us to pray, you know, as Christians, if um, topics like this come up in the church, in the fellowship, trust me, it looks like a message that, be sh- that should be shared on the road. Like, we are all saved, we are born again, hallelujah. But tonight, because the word of God is ever new, the Lord has proposed in his mind to reach us afresh and anew. And I pray in the name of Jesus, the Son of God, none of us will escape that touch in Jesus' name. Trust me, beloved, this looks like a very fundamental topic and it looks like a key topic to every Christian. As a matter of fact, if you can take it every week, You know, in Christianity, the Bible says we should seek first God's kingdom and every other thing shall be added. So every other thing that Jesus died for, maybe the healing, the breakthrough, the everything, everything, we end here. You enjoy it, but it ends here. But only one thing matters. Only one thing goes beyond here to life eternal, and that is our salvation. So we're going to run quickly. We have a lot of scripture to read. So I encourage you, I beseech you, let me speak like Paul, by the mercy of God to make sure you open your Bible. Okay? Let's not get too familiar with the scripture. Let's open our Bible. The Lord will drop something anew. Fundamental of salvation. And I put there as introduction that it would be a tragedy to spend one's life studying the Bible, coming to church, fellowshipping, fasting, perhaps preaching or doing all manner of good works and yet end up perishing on the judgment day. Remember that parable when some people came to Jesus and Jesus said, some asked, oh, we did this in your name. We cast out demons. We did this in your name. And Jesus still called them workers of iniquity. To be saved means to be preserved to be delivered from harm. There was a tornado somewhere, an earthquake or something, and some group of people were able to escape it. They were like, oh, they were saved. In fact, we use words like, oh, they narrowly escaped to be saved. But in this context, we're talking about being delivered from sin and its consequences. You know, sometimes what comes to our mind when we talk of salvation is that you are delivered from sin. But sometimes we don't look at the consequence. And the ultimate is death eternal. Being caught completely away from God. Let's open our Bible quickly to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Verse 12. Can they open your Bible? You know, when we do our programs in children's class, things like Club DJ and all that, and some of it are online. So we want to be sure that the young adults are with the young kids and not just 
They didn't just put their Zoom on and allow Auntie Debbie to talk. So when I'm reading the verse, I'll just stop at a point and call a child and say, continue from where I stop. So you know anybody that doesn't continue, you can as well assume that they didn't open their Bible. So we can as well do that tonight. Hallelujah. At chapter 4, verse 12. The Bible says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. NLT says there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. The scripture taught us so explicitly that there is no salvation in any other. In any other, either in religion, either in church, or even in yourself. You know, sometimes there is a way that you feel. Sometimes, even maybe after coming to church for a while, and you just look at your life and like, I've been a good girl all along. I've been a good boy. I don't do anything bad. There's nothing, you know. The Bible says there's no salvation in any other. Meaning the salvation that we are talking about is not about you. It's not about me. It's not about how good you are. It's not about how much of sacrifice you can make. There's no salvation in angel or in ritual. Have you heard people pray in the name of angel before? Because they have read how Michael wrestled and they call angel Michael to come and fight. The Bible says there's no salvation in any other. Ephesians chapter 2, open your Bible. So that you can see, according to the word of God, that salvation is by grace. Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 5. That even though we were, we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. So think about it for a moment. And let it sink into you. Meditate. I say, I'm saved by grace. I wasn't saved because my mom was a prayer warrior. I wasn't saved because my dad used to be a pastor of a church or is a pastor of a church. You are not saved because you are just that good boy or girl. No. You are saved by grace. Jesus paid for it. God invites everyone, invites you and I, and our faith in God is that response. Either you were walking and you had the message of salvation or it was in a crusade or perhaps you were just by yourself and something was speaking in your heart and convincing you of sin. It was God knocking the heart of such a man. We're only saved by grace. I want to also say that God wants all men to be saved. You know, there's this belief. You see people say, oh, if God wants me to stop that thing, if God wants me to be saved, God knows how to do it. You know the way he dealt with Saul. Open your Bible with me to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. Now, if you're there, you can read. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. If you can read from NLT, that would be nice. You can even read from the screen. God bless you, ma. Who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth? God bless you. Jesus, God wants everyone to be saved. Verse 3 says, this is good and pleases God, our Savior. That's the, the preceding verse. 
This is good and it pleases God our Savior who wants every man to receive. It is the desire of God. It is God's desire. Have you heard things like, oh, why did God, good God, we send people to hell? Oh, you say God is good. God only respected people's choices. He only allowed our choice. But his desire is that every man should be saved. And not just that, that we should come to understanding. Thank God for this month we're talking about spiritual understanding. Meaning after you are being saved, God desire that I should go deeper in understanding and to understand the truth. So that's God's desire. Let's move on. We're going to look at the finished work of Christ. We've established that salvation is by grace. The experience of becoming a new man is only possible through the finished work of Christ. There's nothing I have done or I will do that can add to salvation. Note my word. You know, there's another school of thought that people say, oh, I'm saved, it's by grace, so I just leave, I leave. To being saved, to salvation, to the gift of salvation, there is nothing a man could do to add or subtract from it. But don't forget the Bible says, faith without work is dead. That's when you go in the journey. But being saved, coming to the knowledge of Christ, it is by the finished work of Christ. Remember Matthew 5, 17, I won't read that scripture. When the Bible, Jesus himself said, I've not come to abolish the law. I've only come to fulfill it. I've come to establish it. I've come to fulfill the law. But let's open 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3, open your Bible. The word of God is new every day. And that water is a picture of baptism. So I was talking about the flood and Noah. Which now saves you, not by removing death from your body, but as a response to God from a clean conscience. It is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Without Christ's death and resurrection, no man will be saved. The best of man will be unsaved. The best of man will remain man. Salvation is free, but it costed Jesus, his life and his blood. And that reality should make us as children of God to appreciate the gift of salvation if we are saved or to make us to think deeply if we are not. It costed Jesus. The New Testament uses three keys to describe the finished work of Christ. The first one is propitiation, which means to satisfy wrath, to satisfy anger. I won't read Isaiah 53, but I note it, and you can note it down as well. Verse 10. The Bible says, It pleased the Lord to bruise Christ. Christ was bruised for God's wrath to be satisfied, for, for that punishment of sin to be paid. Christ was bruised. But open with me 1 John chapter 2. Verse 2. I'll read that in New KJV. And if you're there, you can read. First John chapter 2, verse 2. Somebody want to read for us? It's on the screen. God bless you, sir. Is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole. God bless you, sir. He's the atoning sacrifice. He's the one that satisfies the wrath of God by sacrifice. That's talking about Jesus. 
and not just for our sin, for the sin of the whole world. That also established the fact that God wishes, God desire is that mankind should be saved. You know, there is that, in fact, there is that deceit that the devil puts in. And no, everybody can't be saved. Some people must just go to hell. And if some people must go to hell, must it be you? It's a choice. <laughs> it's a choice. The second word that the New Testament used to describe or explain salvation, you see the word redemption. You see the word redemption again and again. Now let's look at Ephesians 1.7. I love that scripture so well. After my son had it at uh, memory verse from uh, is it one seven? Yeah, I'll read it from NIV. He had it as memory verse from school, and that scripture didn't leave me. Ephesians one verse seven. Let's read. I read from the International. The Bible says, "In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins." in accordance with the riches of God's grace. So in Christ, we have redemption. So you see the word redemption used. 1 Peter 1.18 is another scripture. You can look at 1 Peter 1.18. When you look at the Bible, we're in Bible study, so it's good that we open our scripture and we appreciate what the Lord has done for us. Hallelujah. 1 Peter 1.18. The Bible says, For you know that it was not with perishable things which such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. Verse 19 says, but with the precious blood of Christ. With the precious blood of Christ. Precious, sinless, spotless lamp of God. Another word that, you know, that we look at in the New Testament is Reconciliation. And let me explain it this way. Imagine if a man, we say salvation means to be redeemed from harm of sin and its consequence. Imagine if a man is saved or if salvation just ended in redemption and there's no reconciliation. Have you ever had an, a disagreement with somebody and you speak to each other and say, you know what, sister, I've forgiven you. You have also forgiven me, but let's go our way. There's a way you continuously feel. You just feel, you know that it's not the way it used to be. Thanks be to Jesus. He didn't leave us that way. He brought us back to the Father. He brought us home. We were reconciled by the blood of Jesus. In a moment, close your eyes and celebrate Jesus. Tell him, thank you for redemption. Thank you for reconciling. What if you just redeem me? I say, you know what? Keep struggling. Keep doing it by your own. Thank you, Jesus. I am like that prodigal son. Thank you. Thank you. And just as I was thinking, what will I do? You gave me a nudge to, came, to come home. And just as I was coming home, you were ready to receive me. The hand of the Father was open. You make the best of, 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 of feasts just to welcome me. Thank you for redemption. Thank you for reconciliation. In the name of Jesus. Amen. This completes the threefold of salvation. The wrath of Christ of God was paid. The Lord redeemed us and the Lord now brought us back home. I don't know if it has happened to you before. When you have a relationship that is really strained, something that you, 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 you treasure, maybe your husband, your wife, or parents and children, and it looks like this thing is unpardonable. 
and you were forgiven and embraced. It looked like there's a lift completely taken off your shoulder. That's what Jesus did. Hallelujah. Redemption is completed by reconciliation. Colossians chapter 1 verse 20 talks about how we were brought back home. You were reconciled back to the Father. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or in heaven, by making peace through his blood. That I read from NIV. You were reconciled back. Hallelujah. Let's go quickly to repentance. So we're looking at part one of eternal life. We've explained what salvation is. We appreciate that it was done by Christ and Christ alone. Now let's look at what is repentance. Is there any responsibility from our side? And I want somebody to just think in your own word when you say you repent, what does it mean? So when you say you repent, what does it mean to repent? What is repentance? I'm sure we've all repented. <laughs> and if we are not, we are repenting tonight. Hallelujah. What does it mean to repent? God bless you, ma. Um, turning away God from something we are used to be. Okay. So you turn away from something. All right. Any other addition? So when you turn away, what do you turn to? <laughs> you turn to God. Hallelujah. What does it mean to repent? Okay. Let everything speak. <laughs> to, to, to repent is to, um, when you have done something wrong, you tell Jesus what you have done, and then he forgives you, and then you are clean again from black heart to red heart. God bless you. I love that. God bless you. He says you tell Jesus what you've done, which is true. Because a man will show that you need to confess. You know, without confession, you have not repented. Okay. You know, when I was thinking about this, that took me down to when I was, I'm still a very young girl, but maybe when I'm younger, so I should use that word. There's a prayer we used to pray. I'll pray it in Yoruba. You can ask Pastor Shawa to interpret later. <laughs> I say, Olong, meaning the sins that I committed willfully or not. But there are some sins you know, you know. Can you confess them? Can you confess them? Can you because the Lord knows there's this there's this Lord have mercy on us things. So I like homology uh, and heritage explanation. You turn away from something and you turn it to God, but you are confessing. You are acknowledging that I dropped the ball. You are acknowledging that Lord I sinned. You know sometimes when you even go to someone and say, I'm sorry for what I did. You know, so many times we don't want to acknowledge. I don't really mean it. In fact, I didn't see you coming. As you were coming, I was going. The person may say it's okay, but it will have been better and sweet and say, you know what? I, I didn't do well. The person will know that genuinely you are repenting. But it's hard. It's hard. It's not hard. It's hard. You don't want to be the one. You want to still feel like, mm, no, no, no. So let's look at our manual. Repentance is viewing one's action and feeling regret for past wrongs with a firm, conscious, and personal decision to change. It is a change of heart and mind that brings us closer to God. It is motivated by love. 
It is not mere emotion. You know, sometimes when you are caught in a ditch, when you've done something, there's a way you could feel like, oh, okay, okay, let it go. I'm sorry. I said I'm sorry. Not really because you're sorry, but you felt, they catch me. Repentance is conscious. Repentance is something that you thought through. You are sorry. And not just that, with a desire to turn to God and say, Lord, carry me. Lord, carry me. Lord, look at me. I'm all covered in debt and mud. Lord, I've promised I won't do it again, but I've done it. Lord, carry me. Repentance is not emotion. I want us to know that it's the will of the Father that we will repent. Have you thought about the prodigal son? That story in, I think, um, Luke chapter 15. Have you thought about him? When he went away from the father and he began to spend all that he had. Then I asked myself, let's say he had $100, just for explanation. The thing reached $50. He has not thought of going home. $30. Mm -mm. 10 mm -mm. Zero. I didn't add. Until he began to eat with pig. Repentance. Key. Do you know that uh, sometimes there is that assumption again that repentance is the word for unbelievers. Repent and be saved. But no. It's not a one-off thing. There's some things that we should repent of even as Christians. There's some discussions that you go into and as you get into your car the Holy Spirit will tell you you just spoke more than I wanted you to. You should repent and say Lord I'm sorry. You were nudging me to keep quiet but I kept talking. Repentance is something you do consciously. No, when the Bible says we should examine ourselves, meaning when you examine yourself and the Lord begins to tell you what to do, then you repent so that you can remain in faith. It is not a word for unbelieving alone or for unbelievers or people that are not come to Christ. There are some things that Christians, that you, you look at it. As a matter of fact, I believe it's when we are conscious and we tell the Lord to search us sincerely and we repent of those things that we become more like Christ. So if it's something that you think that you repent and I've given my life to Christ, when Pastor Kumuyi preached that year, 1994, and I ran out, and if you look at it, there are still some works, some works, works of unrighteousness that you are still carrying, either in thoughts, either in action, that God expects you to repent of. And do you know that there are some things that someone that gave their life to Christ yesterday may do, and they may still feel that there is nothing. Pastor will do it, and he will go to God and cry, and you will think that he has just killed somebody. Repentance. It is the will of God. Second Peter chapter 3, let's read that together. It is God's will that we should repent. It, God wants us. He doesn't want us to live in assumption. He doesn't want you to just sweep it under the carpet. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness, instead he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God wants us to repent. Now let's look at some scriptures together and we'll see what repentance means. Okay. Acts 2.37. When you read that scripture, I want you to please tell us what repentance means. Just for us to understand it better. Please open your Bible. You can read the scripture. Then you tell us what repentance means according to that scripture. Acts 
What does it mean to repent? It's like an expo. The, the scripture is there. Let's just open our Bible and read it together. Is someone reading for us? When the people heard this, they were deeply troubled and said to Peter and the other apostles, what shall we do, brothers? Hallelujah. So what does it mean to repent them? Uh, after hearing the word of God, I, in this um, chapter, um, Apostle Peter, you know, brought to book what Jesus did, the way he was crucified, the reason why he was crucified. And he tabled it before the people that he did it for their for the redemption of the whole mankind. So that guilt, you know, the word broke them down and they were asking that what is the next step now for us to receive this Jesus back. God bless you, ma. Before a sinner can repent, like she rightly ex explained, such person must be convicted. You must know. Now, not only a sinner, maybe I shouldn't have used the word sinner there before a person. Because even as a Christian, like we explained, there's some things that you do that you become convicted that is wrong. The Bible says their heart pierced them. Now I ask myself, when was the last time you heard the word or you read the word and your heart pierced you? Or have I become so comfortable that it looks like I'm at power with the Spirit of God? Come to church every Sunday programs, you know, do one thing or the other. When was the last time that I changed a particular way of doing things because my heart was caught? The Bible says when they heard this thing, their heart were caught to the heart. They were caught to the heart and they said to Peter, men and brethren, what shall we do? And can you see that there is a desire to do something different? The moment that conviction came, they knew that there is need for something much more. Let's go further. First John chapter 1 verse 9. What does it mean to repent? First John chapter 1 verse 9. Or what, what does repentance entails? Rehoboth, you want to read for us? First John 1 9. Thank you. And what does it mean to repent? Or what does it entail? If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. God bless you, son. So what does it mean? What do we do when we repent? What's one thing that we do? One thing that we do is that we... Uh, let me see. If we confess... Yeah, if we confess our sins, Good. he is faithful. He will forgive us our sins, but we have to take that step to confess it. God bless you. God bless you. So repentance involves confession. The Bible says if you confess our sin, not if we just assume, not if we just think about it. If we confess our sin. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 7. What does it mean? What do we do when we repent? So number one, we saw that we will be convicted. Our heart is open to receive that correction. We're not going to, we're not going to shut our heart. We're not going to assume we know it. We're not going to assume, oh, I know that topic that pastor is talking about. As a matter of fact, I thought that, I, I, I handled that topic before. 
we're not going to do that. We're going to open up our heart to correction. Then when the Lord convicts us, when the Spirit of God convicts us, then we will confess our sin. Isaiah 55, verse 7. What other thing do we do? Somebody want to read for us? Sister Nike. Let the, Let the wicked, wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God he will abundantly pardon. God bless you. Thanks, Tua. That's good. So what do we do here when we repent? We can tell Jesus to forgive us. God bless you, dear. We've told Jesus to forgive us. The Bible says we'll forsake that way. We abandon it. We are not just confessing. You know, sometimes you are repenting and you know you know that you are going back to that thing. That's not repentance. God cannot be fooled. <laughs> the Bible says, let the wicked forsake his way. The unrighteous man is thoughts. Meaning, we repent of thoughts, not even only action. There's some thought pattern. There's some way we think that God wants you to repent from. The unrighteous man is thoughts. Then you return to the Lord and the Lord will have mercy. Let's run quickly. Let's read Luke 24 verse 46 to 47. I'll read from NLT. When we repent, what do we do? Luke chapter 24 verse 46. The Bible says, and he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message will be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sin for all who repent. I can as well just say there is no forgiveness of sin until repentance. So repentance precedes forgiveness. Before we can receive that pardon, we should repent. And we have established that it's not only believers that repent. Remember that scripture in Luke when Jesus himself said there is joy in heaven over a sinner that repents than 99 who needs no repentance. Now what is the difference between repentance and feeling remorse? You know you could feel remorse. You could do something and you just feel bad. Somebody want to try and tell us. What is the difference? Yes my dear. You're going to be in God is telling you that if you keep on going in there, you just fall into the devil's trap. Good. And then feeling bad is like you did something wrong, like you did something wrong and you feel really bad and you apologize to the person. That's Good. how that's what feeling bad is. God bless you. So repentance does is not the same thing as remorse. She said you apologize to the person. Do you remember the story of Judas? He actually went back and said, ah, that's not what I want to do. Take your money. But the Bible said Judas was remorseful. To read Matthew 27. I won't read it now because of time. The word remorse was used for Judas. He felt bad 
but he, charged, he, he, he didn't really repent. So let's throw more light. Then what's the difference? Thank you, my dear. You are right. Re, 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 she said repentance means God is convicting you and you want to go back to God. But feeling remorse just means you feel bad. You are not just happy that you did it. Okay. What other difference? Difference between feeling remorse. God bless you. you to that. Remorseful doesn't mean you are not going to repeat it. God bless you. She, he said, uh, that he said repentance means a conscious decision not to go back into that. Remorse doesn't mean you're not going to go back. You just felt bad that you were caught. <laughs> just close to that. Remorse, like feeling remorseful is you being aware of what you've done. So like there's that conscious awareness of what you've done. Now, repentance take it further. Like you are aware and you're asking for forgiveness. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. So you're asking for God's mercy, whatever it is that you need to ask for at that time. So both of them, you are aware of your situation. But the other one takes further than you making a decision, like you rightly say, not to do it again. God bless you, man. Now that takes me to another question quickly. Then how come as Christians, I'll come back to you, man. Sometimes we we'll repent. If I can use that word, I want to believe that what we did. And we confess that sin, but we go back. Does it mean we're feeling remorse then we didn't really repent? Or what's missing? What's missing? Why do we have repetitive, you know, offense or things like that? Ma, you want to ask a question or you want to? Okay, go ahead and ask, Ma. <laughs> go ahead, yes. When you were doing the teaching, you were divining um, repentance. So I just had this in my mind and I put it down that repentance is motivated by deep conviction under a wave of love of God and power, turning back man to God. God bless you, ma. God bless you, ma. Deep conviction and God, you know, you turn from yourself now to God's ability. But now let's look at it again. How come? How come that we repent of this? God bless you, sir. Can we give him the mic? We'll repent on Sunday and on Wednesday. I think after repentance, it doesn't stop there. There are steps that we must take to build our spirit man. So if our spirit man is weak, the flesh takes over and we keep going back to God bless you. God bless you. Do you have somebody that has something else to add? He said there are steps we must take. It doesn't stop there. You repent and say, Lord, I don't want to join those friends again. But the moment you finish praying, the WhatsApp message is coming in. <laughs> yeah, I'm just adding to what our pastor there said. Um, yeah, I feel when someone goes back, it's probably you haven't taken yourself out of certain environments. That, that is one key. Um, another thing is there are some root causes, and I'll just give an example of addictive behaviors, right? That's a very, that one, that's one problem that falls in the category of you know what you're saying whereby you know you're repenting a million times and yet, and yet you're still going back to such habits um, sometimes it can be the root cause maybe you haven't dealt with it you haven't sought help where needed you know if you're not careful you would still find yourself going back god bless you sir yes yes I mean, Peter, I want to say something. God bless you, man. Okay, just an addition to what they've said. Okay, the first one is uh, 
the Bible urges to be transformed by the renewal of our mind. And there is a verse of the scripture that also says that they go together in strength as if that the match is a, it's from the sun. As in, they go together. Okay. That they move together strength by strength. What I'm trying to say is the power of fellowship. So even if we have been, uh, if we have repented, there is that part to consciously renew our mind by the word because victory too answers to our faith and our faith is bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of god so the power of fellowship we do not forsake the gathering of the people of god Praise god bless you god bless you pastor i want to add something Thank you that you are not the only player on the scene there is the devil that will tempt you on what you have repented about it doesn't mean you did not repent but you always be aware there's a tempter and there's room for that so but the bible says that no one is tempted uh, of god but we are tempted of the lost so still in addition to what everyone has said if i don't make a step to move away or to put system in place to stay away from what I've repented of, genuine repentance. There is a devil that will allow the lost in me to bring that back, and I find myself falling again and again because there's a tempter. And there's also God who will always make way for escape. God Amen. bless you. Thank you so much for those beautiful contributions. I believe with those contributions, we'll be able to sincerely look into our life and see things that, we, that God wants us to repent from or of and we'll find a way out of it because it's very possible that you have you know one thing or the other that you repent of like pastor said genuinely and you see that before you know it you're back into it it is important to know that we've got an accuser it's important to know that life it's a battle you know and there's a battle over your soul there's a battle it's a big battle god wants you at the same time the devil wants to do everything to make sure that the finished work of Christ on the cross of Calvary is not made perfect in you. There's need to renew your mind. There's need to know that that is what, who you used to be, but that's not who you should continue to be. And um, I remember the last time we were talking about, you know, uh, uh, a meeting that I was, and we we're talking about touchdown, you know, achieving your goals, even if there are goals in the office or things like that. There are systems in place that God has put Mama mentioned fellowship. Uh, Uncle Ola mentioned, you know, renewing your mind. There are things in place that could help you. But when the devil, the tempter, wants to put you in a cage, you will make sure that those things don't seem appealing at that time. It, at that time, because he just wants you back into that pit. And you know, there is a scripture, Proverbs 26, verse 11. We can put that down, open our Bible. The Bible says, fools repeat their fully. I'm not a fool. There is grace for me. Only fools, we keep going back and going back. And we are children of the light. We are not fools. The Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. Amen. So in our manual, we said genuine repentance bath godly sorrow. It involves griefs, hatred from the sin, and turning to God. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. And remember that scripture that we always quote in Chronicles. The Bible says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from their wicked way. So turning from sin without turning to God is reformation. 
You know, people go to jail and they say they'll reform them. They don't necessarily have to repent. They just have to be good enough for the society. That's reformation. But we are talking about regeneration here. Only fools will keep repeating their fully. We trust God to help us in the name of Jesus. An unrepented sin is an unforgiven sin. There's no assumption there. If there's anything that the Lord is putting in your heart, in my heart, even tonight as a Christian, that God wants us to repent of, before you leave here tonight, or even as you are watching us online, please make sure you make peace with God. The Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, let's go to the other part of our manual that says, embracing new birth. One can become a member of a family either by birth, by adoption, or by marriage. New birth is the way that we are born or we are adopted into the family of God. Let's look at John chapter 1, verse 12 to 13. Let's read that together. We can read from NLT. John chapter 1, verse 12 to 13. The Bible says, But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. So you have the right. I have the right. Hallelujah. They are reborn, not to a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan but a birth that comes from God so that's new birth new birth means you believe in the Lord Jesus you accepted him you repent from all unrighteousness now you have the right to become a child of God you have that label you are now a child of God and you are reborn into the family of God now we must quickly emphasize that new birth is not baptism it's not water baptism sometimes people confuse that they say oh I've been water baptized now I'm a Christian no if not you can go in into water as a dry sinner and come out as a wet sinner mm-hmm it's just a, you know, that's not new birth. So what a baptism is one of the things that Jesus taught us, one of the things that we do as children of God to openly show or declare that we, we are acknowledging or we are, we are joining ourselves, we, are, we believe in the death of the Lord Jesus and in his resurrection, but we must be saved. Salvation must not be assumed. It's risky scripture together. Jesus was comparing natural birth with new birth. And if you look at it, Jesus made Nicodemus to know that both are beginning of life. Both are beginning of life. As a matter of fact, I know one brother or daddy or you know that he celebrates his day, the day he gave his life to Christ just as much as he celebrates his birthday. He celebrated just as much. He, he, the moment is that part of time of the year. I think his birthday is August. But I always think he was born in March because it was March that I knew very much as a young girl. And he will always emphasize that this is the year, this is the day that I got, you know, reborn. But our beginning of life. You know, but some people, the only life that, they, that will begin for them is the day that their mother had them. The life in Christ Jesus that God desires every man to have again, they don't have it. Do you have that beginning? Are you considering it tonight? Do you have that beginning? That beginning of new birth. Jesus made Nicodemus to know that both are miraculous. Both are, both are distinct. You know, Nicodemus told Jesus, there are some miraculous signs that you do. And Jesus did not say you are wrong. The fundamental difference between the physical and the spiritual, Jesus made Nicodemus to know that you can be born 
of the flesh or born of water, and, but you must be born of the spirit as well. Both are miracles from God. Thank God for all of us, you know. As it is now, we all know that we're born one day or the other, one day, one year. But I'm talking about new birth. Have you experienced that? Did everyone record that there was a day that you were reborn? Being a respecter scholar or teacher does not mean that you are born again. Being a worker does not mean that you are born again. Being an ordained minister does not mean that I'm born again. Being a fluent preacher does not mean that you are born again. Have you experienced salvation? Let's look at some evidences, some things that you, apart from, you know, so much that the Lord has taught us tonight about repentance, salvation, then what are the things that my life shows, the things that you see? Or perhaps I will say, when you gave your life to Christ, what is the difference? Can you kindly give my daughter Mercy a phone, please? Then, Sister Ayo, I'm coming to you after that. God bless you. Did you hear that? She said the things that usually attract you, the things that are not good and naturally attract you, now they feel worthless to you. There's a change of taste. I think I saw that in Job. Can my tongue not taste? You know, like some, you know, some people's tongue can't taste, can't, how will I say, does not know bad taste, anything goes. I'm serious. And in the church, oh, anything goes. Any kind of dressing go. Any kind of food go. Any kind of dance go. Any kind of, anything goes. Anything goes. There is no change in taste. Has your ch taste changed? Or is still the same thing? And say, God bless you, man. Evidence of new birth. What is the thing that different? That is different about you after you gave your life to Christ? My priorities changed. Your what, ma'am? The things that mattered to me changed. God like, bless you. Whereas before I was just COVID, maybe reading secular books, I started finding joy and fellowshipping with God, like feeding on his word, finding his word come alive and speaking to me. God bless you, ma. She said her priorities changed. Her priorities change. I think that still look like taste. You know, some people, have you not noticed that sometimes you can read some books, eh? You know those books that it's, that's nothing to add to your spirit. You will not feel sleepy. Hold your Bible five minutes. It's like some cool breeze will come. I'm serious. And that time, five minute prayer meeting. You're like, ah, Pastor Randolph, it's enough. It's good. Priorities change. What else? You know that song, the things I used to do, I do them no more. So what else changed? Me, my height did not change. I guess, yes, I was as small as this. <laughs> what else changed? <laughs> Auntie Remy, okay, we'll come to you, sir. Then I'll come to Auntie Remy. <laughs> yeah, conscience becomes alive. Conscience became yeah. alive. God bless you, sir. Conscience became alive. Those things that you do and it look like you just do and pass. Now you just do something even less than it. And you feel in your heart. God bless you. Now give the phone to Auntie Remy. Um, I wanted to spend more time in God's presence, being in church more. And God bless you, Ma. Yes, she says she wanted to spend more time in God's presence. God bless us. Let's look at our Bible together and we can see what are the things that change. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, remember that scripture? The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. 
old life is gone. If you look inward and there seems to be no difference between old or there is nothing old anyways and new, I guess it is important to think and examine ourselves. It's important to think. I agree that some people could have been churchy, quote unquote, even before you gave your life to Christ, it looks like you have always been in church. But there should be a difference. Colossians 3 verse 1 to 3 talks about putting our affection on things above. What are the things that fills your thoughts? The Bible says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on realities of heaven where Christ sits. Verse 2, think about things of heaven, not things of earth. What are the things that fill your heart when you wake up? What's your priority? It's good to have those good things of life, but what are the things that fill our heart? Let's go at First John chapter two, verse twenty-nine. First John chapter two, verse twenty-nine. The Bible says, "Since we know that Christ is righteous." We also know that all who do what is right are God's children. The Bible talks about people that walk righteousness. You know, we know that Christ imputed us with his righteousness, but it's not a liability, it's not, it's not, uh, sorry, it's not a license for sin. There is doing what is right. There is doing what is right as a child of God. And sometimes I ask young children, I'm like, you don't want to be a deviant. You don't want to be the one that is always, when they say, hey, you just want to do B. Your will is very, very, very strong. Let's look at it again, personal life, before we go into one or two scriptures, before we round up tonight. What changed in you? What changed in me? What changed? What changed? We talk about priorities. Think about it. If you're born again, something must have changed. I don't want to call him. God bless you, sir. Praise God. So for me, one of the things um, where the people I associate with, I because I know if I keep moving with this kind of people, I would, I mean, I might fall back. So I, I give them some space. God bless you, sir. Evil communication corrupts good manner. My association change. Hallelujah. So what change? Think about it. What are the evidence? What are the things that you see, sir? The joy of salvation. Yes, there's joy. I found it easy, you know, it, I'm not, not as grumpy as I used to be. There is joy. Someone said, I'll come to you quickly. Someone told me in the office one day I was just getting to work, and that day I didn't have a good morning. Someone said, Debbie, you're always happy. It's like, you're always happy. And I looked at it. I'm like, that is God. Because we didn't meet that. I don't know what happened. Maybe there was an issue on the road or something. It was not just the greatest of money. So you just come here always smiling, always happy. I'm like, oh, yes. There's something that gives me joy beyond what's in my account. Hallelujah. God bless you, sir. Yes, um, like the pastor said, it's joy. Then I have this boldness within me. And there is this consciousness that I carry power. Hallelujah. That I'm not, I don't, I'm not afraid of people in my, from where I come from. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. Huh? And the, con- <laughs> the, the consciousness yeah, that, that I can't power. Hallelujah. When, when I, well, I know what I'm saying. Yes. That when they will be sending people to you that you are disturbing them, you very small. It makes me to understand that I can control people. 
I was very young, but I know that I can. I have power to control people. I can send them away when I don't want to see them. It's like that. Hallelujah. You know, we're online, and that will not allow me to say some things, but I agree with her. I told my husband once, I said, I noticed that if I want a lot of flow of maybe people, patients, or customer, I noticed that God, I have such ability. I, I just not once my children have said it when I come to work and I'm so tired and they're like mom but you pray that you should prosper today I noticed that when I pray and say Lord so 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 should happen the, the place will be very busy don't tell anybody but I know that when I'm very tired and I'm saying Lord Jesus let emergency be quiet today Pim, everybody be well and stay in your house <laughs> be well and stay in your house all traffics on on Pasqua or what's no accident I am tired. Okay. Don't tell them. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. Yes. Um, when you're born again, what changes? Changes is um, you're like there's bad obstacles in your lives and there's also good blessings in your lives. God bless you. Said what changes that there will be obstacles in your life which God will remove, but there is blessing. Another thing I notice is when I gave my life to Christ. I saw there's a relationship. Time will fill me to read those scriptures. There's a relationship. I know that I'm not alone in that journey. I know that I'm not alone. When I want to, I can ask the Lord for very simple thing. There was one I gave an example of. As children were growing older and they were becoming teenagers, children were just having fun, which was a necessity, and I understand that. And I didn't just know when to give our son a phone. I didn't just know. As simple as it was, I chose to pray about it. And I asked myself, I thought myself, Mary, the mother of Jesus, there is a way he parented Jesus. I, I used to tell my children, Jesus is the firstborn, right? He has siblings. So I can imagine Mary saying, Jesus, yes, yes, mommy. Or you go and clean that one's poopoo. And he say, yes, ma'am. So they will go back to God and say, Lord Jesus, teach me if Holy Spirit, you are in me. If you are the brother, if you are the elder brother of Ifethawoshe, when should he have a phone? And I will stay on that prayer point until I knew in my spirit. I say, give it to him at so so time. And I will say, okay, this is the time to give you phone. Those decisions that are just small, that I feel I could just take, I will ask the Lord, as simple as it is, Lord, please, which school are we going? You will tell me. Lord, which ministry am I putting my hand? And I saw that God can really tell me those details. Wow. So I know that I'm, I'm not walking in darkness. So that we can take one or two questions and not to take our time tonight. In conclusion, repentance, salvation, and new birth is not to be assumed. We said that there's need to have that assurance by the Spirit of God. Eternity begins... Eternity with God begins with this experience. Remember, there is no salvation or repentance in the grave. Have you seen people pray for people before? Their grandmother is dead. Lord, you say anything I ask in your name. Ah, he doesn't contradict himself. Oh, hey, I've, I've had such prayer before. You say anything I ask in your name, you will do. My daddy that I know did not get born again. That was an occult. Oh, yeah, transport him. No, there's no repentance in the grave. With the heart you believe, with the mouth you make confession. So that person's uh, opportunity or whatever has closed the moment a person died. Examine yourself. Are you saved? 
are you still in faith? Let's take one or two questions before we pray tonight if there is any. Do you have one or two questions? Yes, you want to ask a question, Messi? Same, that same you gave your life to Christ, you ended up being, an, like, you ended up trying to be somebody you, trying to fit in with other people instead. You gave your life to Christ and you do what? You try to fit in with other people. Faith with other people. That means like fit in. Okay. Like staying. Oh, okay. You try. You've given your life to Christ, but you still want to belong. You fit in with other people. Evil communication will corrupt good good manner. Those other people, if they are not children of God, they will corrupt that person's faith. They will make the person go back and become like a fool that we said earlier, and that will keep going back into the pit. That's what will happen to that person. I have some questions here for our thinking and maybe if we can answer them all. About four. Number one, can someone lose his ease or salvation as a Christian? So if someone, if that is possible, if someone loses his salvation, I mean his salvation backslides, if it, can he when it comes back, is he is he to be led to Christ again? Is it to be born again again? Because some people have been born again many times. Okay. Then, number three question. Can someone live in deception of being saved all through his life and yet not saved truly? And uh, if that is possible, now that someone has been in church for so long and uh, has participated in everything, but maybe in the light of this teaching, finds out that he or she has not been saved. He has never had a true experience of salvation. What should the person do? He knows all the Bible. He, know, he can quote all what is required in salvation. But he hasn't received the genuine conviction as we treated it. Thank you. God bless you, sir. Can someone lose his salvation? Yes. We, one can lose his salvation. One can... Have you not seen... I think lately there was a video that was going around of someone that came out publicly and denounced afraid and say, I don't want to be a child of God again. So, you know, that one is not even, she came to say, you know what? I'm done. Yes. You, you, it's, it's, it's like, uh, can someone revoke his citizenship? We have, we were adopted into the family of God. You can choose to take your Canadian citizenship today and burn it and say you don't want to be again and go back to wherever you're coming from. I was trying to look into Second Peter chapter 2 verse 21 the bible says for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they had known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them meaning it's possible to turn away but it happened unto them according to the true proverb the dog is turned to his own vomit again and the soul that was washed of our wallowing in the mass, so it's possible. And the second question says, if the third person come back to Christ, then third person go through repentance. You know, we said that if you, repentance means to forsake, to confess whatsoever we've done wrong. So that person can go back to Christ and say, Lord, like the prodigal son, the prodigal son practically left the father. It's like, you know, walking away from faith. But when the prodigal son came back, thank God for the gift of Jesus 
the hands of the Father were wide open. Now, what happened to someone that has, you know, maybe teaches the scripture or knows the Bible, done quizzes and all that, and is not born again? It's not too late. There's a way we teach uh, young adults or children the step to salvation. Such person can receive Jesus tonight, right now. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. When you hear his voice, don't add in your heart. At that point, it doesn't matter what stage you are, you know, whether you've been in church or you've been whatsoever, we can open up our hearts to the Lord. And you know, there's a way we talk about, we always tell young adults about the three steps of, of accepting the Lord. We say A, we call it ABC a, of salvation for children. We say A means you acknowledge that you're a sinner. You acknowledge that you need a savior. Don't, don't try and sweep it under the carpet. Don't give excuses for those things. A is for acknowledge. B means you believe in the Lord Jesus as the Savior. You believe that there's no way of escape. Remember Acts 4, where we started for no other name given through which man shall be saved. And C means you confess. You confess your sin and you confess his lordship. You can do it where you are right away. You can do it online. You can do it right where you are. You, It is you and God. You can acknowledge that unrighteousness. Even if you're born again and there's, there's something in your heart, something, a dark shade, something that is not just right, you can open it up to the Savior tonight and say, Lord, I acknowledge this unrighteousness. I believe that you alone can save and redeem and I confess. Then the other part we tell the children is that you turn away completely. You follow other things that we've talked about. You look for, you know, turn away. You make sure that you you are you leverage on other avenues that God has given you to come close to him. You don't go back to that unrighteousness. Any more questions before we go tonight? Yes, ma'am. Last question. I can hear you, ma'am. <laughs> Hallelujah. When it comes to the issue of salvation, um, these days, um, I can't say I'm afraid, you know, there is a sort of brokenness, a sort of fear. Because I see that the road is so narrow. This road is very, very narrow. And um, there are so many hidden things buried within us that we don't even know they are they are contrabands that we are carrying. It's not fornication. It's not open lie. The standard of this, our God, is so high. So I'm all. I'm. I'm just afraid. Look at the book of Leviticus. See all those things the way he listed it. I, I asked myself, God. I don't know. Help me, oh. Praise the Lord. Alright, so I will help you reframe the question. You know, this feel that you have, this feel of unworthiness, not because uh, it's not because the devil is trying to put you down, but when you see the only God that you reference. But thank God for the spirit of the living God. Remember that in the book of Leviticus, they don't have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is living inside of you. And that was what we said earlier when we talk about repentance. That some things that maybe 10 years ago, you will do them and walk away. You, you know, the road has always been narrow. It is just the reality on individual journey. And when the Holy Spirit walks in us individually, He begins to shine His light into those dark areas. He begins to make sure that you know. 
It begins to bring your consciousness. Now it is for us to respond. It begins to bring your consciousness into it and say, no, this one I count it as deceit. This is lie. Something that you thought it was just okay before. And the Holy Ghost begins to shine light into it. Remember when Jesus was talking about the kingdom. Time will fill me to open. The disciple asked him, this is hard. That was when Jesus told them, with man it is impossible. But with God. So that scripture that you quote, that with God all things are possible, is actually talking about your salvation journey. It's talking about our salvation journey. So man, with God it is possible. You know one thing I say, there are saints, the Bible talks about cloud of witnesses. There are saints in heaven already. If men made it, they were made of flesh and blood. The Bible says Elijah was a man of like passion. If they made it, we can, we are in the dispensation that we have that spirit of God inside of us. So we rely daily on the spirit of God. He shines his light into those dark areas. And he tells you that thought, you can't continue like that. That idea, I don't want it. That person offended you, but you are going to apologize. And he begins to break you. He begins to mold you just to conform to his standard. Hallelujah. Because of time, I want us to bow our head. If you have given your life to Christ, I want you to appreciate Jesus. And I want you to search by the Spirit of the living God tonight and say, Holy Spirit, search me. Is there any unrighteousness in me? I want you to genuinely repent. Don't assume tonight. And if you are not saved, either you are in the auditorium or you are watching online, it is an ideal moment. The Lord Jesus is knocking the door of your heart. I want you to open your mouth as you acknowledge yourself as a sinner and say, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that Lord, even though I've been in church, even though I know the scripture, or maybe I'm just knowing about you for the first time, I acknowledge that I need you and you are my redeemer. I confess with my mouth tonight that Lord, I am unworthy without you. Confess those faults, confess those unrighteousness. Tell Jesus, come into my heart. Write my name in the book of life. Pardon, pardon for sin. And the enduring peace of God come to me tonight. But as you are repenting, you are asking for grace to finish well. You are asking the Lord grace to finish well. You can do that where you are. You can just put your right hand on your chest if you are giving your life to Jesus. And you can just tell the Lord, I come to you today.
dedicating our lives again, O oh God. Standing in the place of repentance of everything that has gone amiss in our relationship with you. Our thoughts that we are not supposed to abort. Lord, the kind of life that you have not desired for us as children. And even many of us are not even truly saved. Have not experienced salvation. Lord, we only come for one thing tonight. Mercy. Lord, mercy. Lord, mercy. We come to the throne of grace to obtain mercy tonight, Lord. That in whatever category, oh Lord, that each and every one of all falls into, that heaven you will have mercy upon us. To the souls that have not been saved at all, but have been living in deception of salvation, not being saved, all along and participating and going in and coming out as brethren, as Christians, yet salvation has not been experienced by them. Lord, would you please kindly look down upon such souls tonight and have mercy in the name of Jesus. That none of us, oh God, in this place will end it in hell. After all is said and done, the scripture says, Not everyone that calls me, Lord, Lord, shall inherit the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father in heaven. How can we do God's will if we are not truly saved? How can we do your will if there's no regeneration in our lives? If our heart and spirit man have not been regenerated, we can't love you the way you wanted us to. Lord, we pray for as many that have not experienced salvation has been taught tonight. They have not come to full repentance. They have not turned away from their wicked ways. They are still in and out. Lord Jesus, please have mercy tonight. And let there be conviction in the name of Jesus. And Lord, to the rest of us, that we are rededicating ourselves, those saved ones. But at a time, oh God, we are losing our relationship with you. You say you are neither cold nor hot. Such a person you will spew out of your mouth. Lord, many of us are in that category. We are weak. We are not cold here. We are not hot. We can't even know which one we are anymore. We lost our first love. You said, remember the, your first love and go back to it. Otherwise, I will remove your candlestick. Lord, we pray tonight that as many as have lost their first love, but we have coming back to you, O God, in repentance. Lord Jesus, have mercy upon us. Let the love be restored in the name of Jesus. Let the love be rekindled in Jesus' name. Let the fire of God be rekindled in us again. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we knew how fervent we were the day we were saved. We knew how desirous we were of the heavenly kingdom. Now the heavenly things has taken over. And then people are no longer thinking of heaven. People are so much of earthly usefulness that have lost their taste for heaven. I pray, oh God, that you will please visit us. Lord, this world will not go away, go void in our lives without fulfilling the purpose for which it is sent. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. As one of our sisters just said, if you don't help us on this journey, the journey, the road is too narrow. The road is too narrow. But Lord, we are not depending on our strength. With you, everything is possible. We pray, Father, that you will hold our hands and you will lead us on. That until we drop our, our, our sword for a crown, Lord, we will not look back. Blessed be your name, O God. Thank you for tonight, O God. Thank you for the conviction of your word. Thank you, Father, for the impact it's having in us. Lord, we pray that fruit will come from this. To the glory of your name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. We hope you were blessed by that teaching. 
For further inquiries, please visit our website, www.rccgppp.org. You can also check us on Facebook and on YouTube at rccgpppsk, on Instagram and Twitter at rccgppp. If you are within the city of Regina, Canada, you can join us in person at 1771 Bond Street, S4N, 1X7 for a refreshing time in God's presence.